Good morning, everybody. <laughs> so my talk today is about a lady that encountered Jesus in a very unexpected place. But I was, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, have you ever met someone that's had like a life-changing or like a massive impact on your life? Because sometimes we can meet people, can't we, and remember meeting that person forever. You know, my husband, uh, Richard, um, he met the Queen and Prince Philip. Um, and I can't... Ooh, that's very posh, isn't it? He is very posh. Not... Um, <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I can't compete with that. But when I was 16 to when I was 19, it's a lot, lot, lot of... I won't even tell you how many years ago that is. It's a long time ago. I worked at the Royal Bank of Scotland in um, St Anne's Square in Manchester. And that was like a really prestigious branch. It looked very prestigious. It was very prestigious. Um, and every day, uh, in and out, would come Coronation Street, Cast, um, Richard and Judy, uh, people that were on the telly regularly. Um, I chatted to Vera Duckworth and ordered her a checkbook back in the days of checkbooks. And it was back in the day, actually, where actually we went into banks we don't go into banks anymore do we really we do all our banking online and digitally don't we um but and everybody was really really nice and and I was really like oh they're really nice and friendly and just normal and down to earth but then there was one particular lady that I used to like you know when you idolize people as a child and there was a lady that used to present top of the pops now some of you younger ones won't know what top of the pops is but it was a really iconic program at the time that we used to like watch and it was a top 10 and all that and this lady used, used to present it there was lots of presenters so I'm not giving her anything away but she was one of the most disappointing people I've ever met she was arrogant she was rude she came in like with an entourage um, and she just was really disappointing she wasn't anything at all like she was on the TV and I just remember feeling really disappointed. But then there's other people, isn't there, uh, that you meet in life that change the whole direction of your, of your life. You might have a conversation with somebody and then they tell you about a job and you end up changing your direction of a career. Uh, maybe you meet somebody. I met somebody um, at Toddler Group. So my eldest is 26 now. Um, and I met a friend when I was at Toddler Group with her. Random Toddler Group, went on my own. And I met this girl and we're still friends now. So random encounter, I made a friend for life could be your partner or a best friend you meet and suddenly your life takes in a whole different direction. So today, you know, I want to share about a lady from the Bible. We've been talking about and singing about Jesus this morning and you may not have ever really given much um, thought to Jesus, but I'm going to talk about a lady who encountered Jesus in a desert of all places. So she was walking, going to get some water and she encountered Jesus and she didn't know who he was. And probably if she had known who, who he was, then she probably would have avoided him because she felt really ashamed of herself. And if, we've felt like that sometimes, haven't we? We felt ashamed. So we're going to read a little bit about her story in John 4. And the story begins as Jesus and his disciples are travelling from Jerusalem in the south of Galilee, in the north, to make their journey shorter. They, they skipped across the desert and they went through Samaria. Tired and thirsty, Jesus sat by Jacob's well, because in those days they had to draw water from a well deep into the ground. And he sent his disciples off into the village to buy food, which is about half a mile away. And it was about noon, so about lunchtime, which was the hottest part of the day. And along came this lady, this Samaritan lady, and which was a really odd time to go and draw water. People would go in the morning when it was cool. They would go with their friends and have a chance to have a chat and a natter. 
But anyway, during this encounter that the woman came and encountered this stranger, Jesus broke three Jewish, Jewish customs at that time. And first he spoke to her, which was against all the rules because she was a woman. At that time, that was something that wasn't allowed. And second, she was a Samaritan woman. And the Jews traditionally despised um, Samaritans. And they'd like, the Jews and Samaritans were sort of rejected each other at war with each other. And third, he asked her to get her a drink. Now, this wasn't something that was customary at the time because it would have made him unclean if she'd have taken water from her. And Jesus' behaviour, well, she didn't know it was Jesus at the time, this stranger's behaviour behavior really shocked this woman. And she just thought, why, why is he doing this? And if it weren't enough, then this stranger says to her, that he could give her living water, not just this water that she could drink, but living water as a gift from God. He was talking about God. She was thinking, what's going on? Um, And that she would never thirst again if she drank from the water that he was offering. And he would actually give her eternal life if she drank from that water. Jesus replied, these are his words, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You know, and what he was saying was that this living water, this different water was only available through him. And at first, the Samaritan woman was like really confused and she was thinking, what's he talking about? And although she'd never met him before, then this stranger started telling the woman about her life. Imagine, you meet a stranger and then they start telling you things about your past. And he told her that he knew that she'd had five husbands and that she was living with a man that wasn't a husband at the time. And she was really shocked thinking, how does he know what's going on in my life and what's happened to me? So she says, sir... The woman said, you must be a prophet. You must know things about my past. And now Jesus had her full attention. You would, wouldn't he? If you met somebody who started telling you things, it would have your full attention. And then Jesus reveals himself as God. Jesus and the women discussed their views on worship. And the woman voiced her belief that the Messiah was coming because people talked about the Messiah that was coming. And Jesus answered, I who speak to you am he. And as the woman began to grasp the reality of this encounter, the disciples returned and they were shocked thinking, what's he doing drinking from a water from a Samaritan lady, from a woman? What's he doing talking to a woman? What's going on? And the woman now leaving behind her water jar left and said to all the people in her town, come and see the man who told me everything that I ever did. And excited by what the woman had said, the people from the village started to come and actually begged Jesus to stay with them. And he actually stayed then in that little town um, for a few days and he taught and people heard for themselves about this Messiah and about Jesus. And indeed, that he was the saviour of the world. So I've looked at that story and I thought, you know, how can we apply that to our lives today? You know, we don't have to walk through deserts, do we? You know, we don't have to go and draw water from a well. But actually, this, this, um, this story that was written 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, actually can have great significance for us today. You know, have you ever avoided a situation because of your pain? Have you ever avoided going somewhere because you've been so hurt? I know I have. I know when I, um, well, first of all, this lady did, didn't she? She went to the well at the, at the noon, at the, the most hottest time of the day. We went to Israel um, and we visited these places in the desert. And, and boy, they were hot. There's hot and then there's hot and there's desert hot. And people wouldn't go out to the sites in the middle of the day because it was just unbearable. You can't even breathe. It's just so hot. So people wouldn't go to the well in the middle of the day because you would avoid that because you just couldn't even breathe or, or walk. Um, but yet this lady 
goes at that time because she wants to avoid meeting people. She wants to avoid um, meeting people and she wants to avoid her deepest pains. But, you know, isn't it interesting that Jesus still met her there? You know, and I don't believe it was any accident that he met her at that point. It was a divine appointment. Yeah, she planned her day to escape the pain of her shame, to avoid running into the other people. Girls can be a bit gossipy, can't they? And she was obviously probably trying to avoid the women because they'd all been talking about her with all these men that she'd been with. Um, and she was obviously felt, and she probably was a social outcast. You know, and this lady, rather than confronting the reality of who she was and where she found herself, you know, planned her life to enable her to avoid people, to keep her safe, and she'd become comfortable. And probably she'd probably thought, actually, nothing's going to ever change with me. This is my lot now. People think this of me, and this is my lot, and I've got to live in that and that shame. You know, yet Jesus made it his business to find her there. In fact, I, I totally do believe that he, he went out of his way on accident to meet with this lady. You know, I remember um, many many years ago now I was going through when I went through a divorce um, and I remember the school ground being a real hard place to go to I felt even going into school to tell the teacher that the children were having these problems and that if they were a bit more sensitive that you know that was why and I remember the shame I remember the feeling of loneliness and thinking I'm the only one and the teacher I'm crying when the teacher when I spoke to the teacher and feeling like so embarrassed and a failure and then facing the schoolyard thinking they'll all be pointing at me thinking well she's failed what's happened to them and all that so I identify with how this lady had felt found herself feeling rejected and alone can you identify with that at all maybe you've been thinking through things in your life and sometimes we we end up in that place of pain and discomfort and isolation and we feel like nothing's going to change we feel like well I've no future this is this has happened to me and I'm labeled by this and actually we start to think actually we start to settle in that place thinking that actually nothing better is going to happen yet with this lady what reminds us is Jesus was there in his divine intentionality just on time he was sitting at the well waiting and asking her for a drink and you know what I believe that he still is today. He still was with me and he still is now. Jesus, the saviour of the world, wants to come and reach out his hand to ask us to, and wants to comfort us and help, help us. And you know what this says about Jesus, the Jesus that we've sang about even this morning and the Jesus that I have grown to know deeper and deeper over the years through trials, through tribulations, you get a deeper understanding and a deeper relationship with Jesus. And you know what it tells me? That in God's eyes, no one is too far gone. No one. Whoever you are, no one is too far gone. And what it also tells me is that wherever you find yourself, he still has a purpose for you. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, you may be a Christian here and feel that you've failed. But God is saying to you today that he still has a purpose for you, that God sees you, he cares for you, he chases after us. He chased after this woman that felt like a social outcast. He chases after you today. You know what? He never, ever will let us be alone. He wants to remind you that you're not alone. He's waiting. He's waiting just for us to reach out and say, God, help me. God help me. You know, he's always right there. He always has the very best for you, even when you can't see it or you can't see past your situation. He doesn't want you to settle in that place of isolation, rejection and failure. And the second thing I identified with, um, with this lady at the well was that she stayed with Jesus. It would have been so much easier for her, wouldn't it? To, if she saw him, first of all, she saw a man and that wasn't customary at the time that she should be seen with a man the first thing that she should have probably done is run away but yet she didn't she inquired and she stayed with him and then he bought her comfort you know so despite all her sin despite how she felt she stayed 
you know, and she was curious to ask more. You know, maybe you're at a point where you're curious to know more about Jesus. Could this be real, what Anna's talking about? Can Jesus still use me despite this? And you know what she asked him? She asked him, how can you ask me for a drink? How can you ask me an outcast, really, was what she was saying. With all my sin and shame, how can you ask me? And then she asked him, well, where can I get this living water that you're talking about? And then she asked him, are you greater than our father Jacob's? That was the person that had gone before. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who he is that he's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. It would have been easy for her to say to, and to leave, to be so overwhelmed, but yet she stayed. She didn't go and she pursued and she kept asking questions. She was curious about what Jesus was promising. She didn't understand what he meant by this living water and eternal life, but she didn't back away, no matter how deep her sin and shame was running through her. You know what? He's waiting for us to do the same. He wants you to pursue Jesus. He's okay with our questions. I have many, many questions that I wrestle with Jesus about, that I don't know the answers to, but I know that when I wrestle with Jesus, he gives me a peace. And he wants us to do the same with him. He doesn't see the deep, how deep your shame is, how deep your sin is, but he sees the deep desires of your heart, the things that you don't tell anybody, the things that you're desiring for your family, the things that you're desiring for yourself, the things that you're desiring for your health, for your finances. He sees all those things. And you know what? More than that, he sees your purpose. You know, Jesus made you for a purpose. He made you on purpose for a purpose. He made you just as you are. I'm not an accident. God uses my story. He loves me despite all my failures. And you know what? We try and run away from God, don't we? We've all tried running away from God. Maybe you've never met God, but he still knows you and he's pursuing you. And I love that the, the woman, despite all this embarrassment that she was probably feeling, chose to stay in his presence and didn't run away. You know, and whenever I decide to stop and, and go into God's presence... I can honestly say that I do find that peace and contentment. Sometimes I don't want to get into God's presence because sometimes he challenges me. Sometimes he convicts me of stuff that I have to do something about. But often he just gives me a real sense of peace that he knows. He knows my worries. He knows my fears, my insecurities. And he gives me fresh perspective. He changes the way I'm looking at things. He gives me clarity for my future, clarity and hope for my children, for my health, for my family. It's just important that we stay in that presence. For some of you in here that are Christians, you maybe have walked away from that presence of God. And, you know, and, and we talk a lot, don't we, in January about healthy eating and healthy drinking. And we talk about people have these bottles and have water, don't they? It says drink by 10 o'clock, drink by. It's about drinking enough water in the day, drink by noon, and then drink by 4 o'clock. And it's trying to get you to drink enough water in the day because we all need physical water, don't we? If we don't have enough water, we are thirsty. Um, actually, we can't survive without water. And what Jesus is saying here is that actually we can't survive. We will thrive when we are actually connected to that living source. That's what he was talking about in this well, that actually it wasn't physical water. He's talking about being spiritually connected. And actually when we plug into that and we connect with Jesus and we invite him into be part of our lives, we, 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 can, be, we can be content. We can find that peace. We're, we're living with that spiritual connection. And the, the third thing that, that I noticed was that she actually did receive what he was offering. You know, we can accept or reject Jesus, can't we? God gives us free will. 
But actually, she stayed long enough with Jesus to see him. She saw a stranger at first, and then all of a sudden, she had her eyes open and she met him personally. Now, there's a series on that we've talked about before in church, but if you're new here, there's a series, if you go on YouTube and Google The Chosen, um, I really would encourage you to Google the episode on the woman at the well. So if you Googled YouTube, woman at the well, um, The Chosen, this episode would come up, and it depicts, it's like a dramatisation, really, this story. But it's just so powerful. I've watched it so many times, and it just moves me every time. It's only about eight minutes long but I would urge you to have a little look at it but to see this lady physically come in she had her head down you could tell that she felt ashamed you could tell that she wasn't wanting to engage with this strange man but you see her inquisitiveness grow and you see her like thinking what, what's he talking about I want to know more you see her eyes lift eventually to meet Jesus' gaze and then you see the light bulb moment when she recognizes Jesus as God for the first time for who he is you know she engaged she stayed in his presence she asked questions she shares her fears and doubts but then she accepts Jesus and she believes what he's saying and she realizes that all the things that she's been looking for in her life sometimes we look for all these things don't we but they don't satisfy us for long you know we have to keep drinking water don't we to satisfy us and you know things of this world don't satisfy us but she realizes that actually Jesus was the one that she'd been looking for all along the cry of her heart that she'd had, the unmet expectations, the anxiety that was always under the surface, that stirring in her heart and that thirst that she could never quench changed in an instant. Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will, will be thirsty again, meaning the physical water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them, it's that connection with Jesus, will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become a spring of life and water welling up to eternal life. Jesus wants to be with us right now, but not just for eternity, but now. He wants to be in relationship with you now in this, this time. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here again to draw water. Nothing else satisfies. And then this change in her happens. She's changed and she goes back to the, to the town and she tells people about Jesus, which again is significant because that woman was ashamed. She was a social outcast. She'd gone out of her way for months and years probably to avoid people, yet she encounters Jesus and she has the confidence then to go and speak to people. She has the confidence to look people in the eye and say, come and meet this man that's changed my life. Wow, what an example of love, truth, redemption, salvation. You know, but what about you today? You know, if we're honest, we're all looking, aren't we, whether we're Christians in here or we're not Christians. Often we can get in this cycle of looking for things to satisfy our needs. But actually what we're looking for really is to find a place where we're truly content. We want to be at that inner peace, don't we? Whether we're up, whether we're down, we want to feel that inner contentment. You know, we're bombarded, aren't we, all the time on social media, on TV, about this, about that, about the new couch, the new house, the new whatever, the new car, more money, uh, a promotion to get more money, then we'll feel better to, to maybe meet a husband, then to get rid of a husband maybe, or maybe, um, you know, different things that we're looking for, 101 things that we're looking for that we think that we need to make us happy instead of trying to work things out and being content we want to move on to the next thing and then we'll say well if I had that I'll be happy when I've had that holiday I'll be happy and we wish away our days don't we I found myself doing that even recently you know oh, I just need to get through this and get through that and then I can have a bit of rest 
And that's not what Jesus is calling us to live like. You know, the only way that I've found, and I have to remind myself, I get into that place sometimes and I have to stop and remind myself that Jesus has something for me every day, not to wish away my days. That actually Jesus can satisfy, can show us new things each day. Nothing else satisfies. You know, we go on that holiday and then we get ill and we think, oh, and then we have to wait for the next holiday or the car breaks. You know, nothing else satisfies like Jesus does. You know, maybe you've been coming here for a while and you've been observing and hearing about Jesus and singing the songs, and, but not actually, you've not actually met Jesus. You've been singing about him and you're curious about him, but you've not actually met Jesus. You've not had that revelation like this lady does, like this lady does in this story where she actually has her eyes opened. You know, Jesus wants to meet you. He doesn't want you just to sing about him and come along and enjoy the things, which is all fine. We love the kids' things and we love that our children are happy. And, but Jesus wants more for you than that. He wants to meet you. Have you met Jesus for yourself? You know, he doesn't force himself on you. This lady had a choice. She could have walked away, but she stayed and inquired and accepted what Jesus was offering. You know, the same Jesus from that well 2,000 years ago is here today. You know, maybe you are in here, and I really feel when I was praying about this, even this morning, there's people in here that have just been disappointed, and that's taken them out of the presence of Jesus. That you're disappointed and you think actually nothing's going to change, and you've walked away, and that's put a barrier up between you and Jesus. And Jesus is saying that you can trust him, you can get back into his presence, that you can trust him, that he'll give you back your hope, he'll give you back your strength that you'd need. He'll give you back that clarity for your future, for whatever it is that you're disappointed about, that he will help you with that and he'll comfort you. There's no other way to deal with that apart from through Jesus. You know, I've had good times in life and I've had very bad times in life, but I know that what has been real is Jesus. Jesus has been my constant. People have come and gone. People will come and go from my life, Um, but Jesus has been the real constant, my comfort, my anchor through it all. And as the band come back on, sorry, I forgot to get the band back up. If the band can come back, that'll be great. Um, we're going to go back into a time of worship now. And, you know, and I really just encourage you to think about what I've said. You know, maybe you're in that place where you've never actually met Jesus. You've been coming and you've been singing and you think that's it. But actually Jesus has more for you. He wants to meet you. He wants to give you that eternal life with him, which is a choice. You know, maybe you're in here as a Christian and you need to just do some business with God yourself. You know, we're here. We'd love to pray for you. Um, if you'd like to find out any, any more information about becoming a Christian, maybe. Maybe talk to the person that's invited you this morning or come and talk to me. Come and talk to any of us down here at the front. You know, we'd love to introduce you to Jesus. That's the best decision that you will ever make. So, yes, thank you for listening. I'm just going to pray before we go back into into worship. God, I thank you that you are here with us this morning. Jesus, I thank you that you have given us the, the Bible, God, as a living word that can just help us, God, to remind us of who you are. God, I thank you for your grace that you showed that lady all them years ago. God, I thank you for that life-transforming experience that she had that we can learn from today. God, I pray for all the people in here. You see every single person in here. You know every single name. You know every single story. You knew them before they were even born, God. You know exactly where they're at. You know the deep desires of their hearts. You know the unmet expectations and the disappointments, God. And God, and I pray that as we go back into worship, God, that you give us that fresh revelation of you. Maybe there's people in here who've never, ever met you, God. God, I pray that today will be the day that they meet with you for the first time face to face. God, I pray that you will stir in their hearts, God, to find out more, to pursue you, to ask those questions, God. God, I pray that we just encounter you, God, now in this worship and this time together. Amen. Amen. Amen.